Do it. How can I apply to be the is it fourth or fifth, fifth sixth member of of Corrupt FM? Spent my peas on gums and trainers. Because I've got yeah. I, I've got sick bars. I've I've obviously got the gums. I've I'm quite yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got you got a grinder energy, definitely. Yeah, I'm man. And I, I want to. I think I could give you lot maybe some tips as well, or like just okay. On like, because if you ever wanted to breach out and do the chat show thing. Spent my peas on gums and trainers, disco ravers, bad behaviors, Sunday mornings, what a nightmare. Yeah, I'm active. What is happening, people? Welcome back to the best digital chat show on the entire planet, Doing Bits TV, presented by yours truly. On today's show, we have the very, very, very special guest. The man who literally helped corrupt the FM, the man who brings the Roche and the Grinder to the session, the one and only DJ Beats, aka Hugo Checkwins in the building. <laughs> sort of a Westwood, just a mic drop or something, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, or like a sound thing. Or, or even the glass <laughs> smash. Yeah, we could. Anyway, how are you, Hugo? How are you, mate? Yeah, good, man. I think. I don't know. Yeah. Every day is the same. I don't even know what day it is. I know. I know. It's, it's literally like, like, what's that film? Oh. Um, Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. It is an episode of Groundhog Day. I've got a one-year-old, so my time is pretty occupied by being a full-time childminder, which yeah. is something that I'm getting used to. Um, just trying to keep busy, man. Just trying to work on other ideas and shows and you know we got a film coming out so i know and i'm yeah i mean to to say i'm gassed is a complete complete understatement man i'm sure like me and probably everyone my age in the world that's that knows of corrupt fm is absolutely gassed i mean it did oh, get put back though didn't it it was yeah, meant to be yeah august last year it's it's a weird time with entertainment i feel like i mean, I don't know anything but my assumption is it's more moving online um sort of cinemas are expensive uh and i feel maybe that the cinema might just be an experience later on down the line where you can watch you can watch it at home but if you want the experience then you can go to the cinema i agree man i agree i think like the if anything, the whole moving entertainment and digital stuff online is is where it's at right now. I mean, why would you pay money to to go to a cinema when you can watch Doing Bits TV on YouTube for free? I mean, exactly, exactly. It's, it's, you, it's a no-brainer. You don't need anything else. Yeah, no, it's just it's DVT all day. Yeah, How many videos really... you got up, man? Um, you're my you're my tenth video. So yeah. oh wow, yeah, wow. we're we're celebrating right now. This is I saw you had. Um, the legendary Danny D. Woo! Oh, wait, what an episode. He's actually a funny guy. Very Yeah, he's like, jokes, man. He, he mentioned he knew you as well, actually. Yeah, he came... Um, he's been a fan of the show and he came to one of our live shows and we got to hang out with him. He's a cool guy, man. Sound bloke, mate. It's, it's man. Yeah, he's a legend, man. He actually... Um, I went to school in Kent, so where the Brazzers studio is, is is literally like 10 metres away from where I went to school. And I was saying to him, like, oh, wow. the, the irony of me growing up and being a premium member of Brazzers, only to really? getting filmed like 10 metres down the road. I mean, yeah, it was nuts. 
Yeah, that's mad. Free, I've I have been a premium member, but I'm I mean, not, any... I, not literally. I wasn't paying for it, but you know, like I had the attitude. You're of finding a premium it. member. I yeah, was sourcing yeah. the product, and oh you yeah, know, yeah, I was, yeah. I was giving it a go. Um, yeah, you're seeing uh, what was new. Yeah, man. I mean, I I learned things, and yeah, it <laughs> didn't add up to how I am in in real life, which is oh man. Is. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean. I mean, yeah. I mean, you did quite well. You've got a one-year-old, so I mean, fair play. Well, yeah, it happened once. You got there's so much I want to talk about with you. It's just it's nuts. First of all, Corrupt FM as as a group, like I was doing my research, and you were actually like dead set on being like a garage MC back in the day. So music was your passion. Yeah, well, I was, I was DJing. I, I didn't have the confidence to be an MC, but I, but yeah, I was on Pirate Radio. And uh, yeah, I, I was definitely about that life, man. Um, I think part of uh, all of us in the show, there's there's elements of who we are, I'd say, apart from maybe Steve. Um, Steve's not really a pickle like that. But yeah, Pirate, Pirate Radio was a big part of, especially mine and Seeper's kind of youth, I guess. So yeah, we're from that, that world, basically. And that was uh, Brentford. You both from Brentford? I'm from Brentford. Seepers from uh, sort of just like about 20 minutes away, basically. Right. But okay, he, yeah, yeah. He's a nomad. He was a traveller. He would, uh, you know, he, he was in Brentford quite a lot. Just go to different bits and just make friends and yeah, just start chilling with random people. He's a charmer. Him. He's a charmer. So Good man. You know. And then, so when did the... Because, you know, I think it's, it's kind of common knowledge on how Corrupt FM came about or, or mm-hmm. even people just do nothing. That's kind of common knowledge. But, like, there were some funny bits I was I was looking up. Like, you lot, you were all, so you, was it Asim as well? Steve, yeah. I don't know if it was Steve and Sipa. You were all working in a call centre. And then that's how, like, the characters came about. Because you call people up, like, yeah, yeah, bloody proper English, mate, and all that. Is that how yeah, it started? Yeah, that's, that's part, yeah, kind of. We, um, yeah, so Steve didn't work there. Steve, okay. Steve, Steve's clever. Like, he, he had a good, he had a job, like a real job. I lived with Asim in a bit of what a was, trap house. <laughs> what was the trap house like? Yeah, it was cool, man. It was good. Like, it was quite a creative environment. Like, me and Asim were just kind of, like, making music and, playing computer like 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 a lot of young people um and just sort of finding out what we wanted to do i guess um but yeah it was like a sort of creative hub in some ways we weren't there for that long but yeah we all worked in a call center i guess we refined some of our kind of skills of sort of publicly showing off and doing accents and pranking basically yeah trying to i don't know impress people i mean you've got to try before you buy do you know what i mean so in a way the call center just gave you that platform to yeah yeah so in a way shouts out the call center for you know giving you oh definitely yeah yeah yeah, but you you all got fired from it i got fired uh and i think asim and sepa just left in the end it was so lack of attendance and we used to do calls and just pretend to be like old men or <laughs> Russian or or like would change our names on the phone call to like the whole of Wu-Tang. So we'd be like, hello, there, my name's Rizzo Jizz, Inspector Deck, Raekwon, the chef, you God, 
and the Method Man. And would you like to resubscribe to your motorbike magazine? And basically, we got caught doing that. Well, I got caught doing that. And then I think they just had enough of, and, of me. And then everyone just kind of left with you. But what was the name? Like, because obviously you said you were a DJ still doing pirate radio. Like, that's your core thing. Were you still caught? Was that your artist name as well? You were DJ Beats? My first DJ name was DJ Fidgets. Okay, why well, the Fidget? I don't know, man. Just, you know, like you're trying to force like a name for yourself. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, people naturally get a nickname. I, I never had that. So I was just trying to force it. And, so right, uh, because I've given myself a nickname as well. So I get that. Like, yeah, I've got a song, a tune, an absolute banger, which I'm going to force you to listen to. Hopefully, I've heard it, man. The You've heard it? Guys showed it oh, they yeah, put you yeah. onto it. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. Nicknames. I... I'm from Ken, and obviously yeah. my name's Charlie, so Charlie Ken, that is, you know, I'm from Ken. And it, but that's yeah. natural, man. That kind of makes sense. Mine didn't make any sense at all. I, I was Hugie C initially for like, you know, when you call up and say, yeah, can I, but they could never <laughs> pronounce it or get it right. So I gave up on that. Uh, yeah, that was a weird time. Yeah, but that was my first DJ name. You've got these characters in your head. You're in the call center. You're not really rating a job music is your core like that's what you love doing you're living with Asim it's a mad creative environment what made you just think one day yeah like let's just make these characters film it and stick it on YouTube um to be honest like I was fortunate fortunate enough to be around um people like Asim Steve Sipa Dan um etc and Sipa in my opinion always First of all, they're all they all have a great sense of humor, but yeah, I felt like Sipa had this kind of like performing side to him that felt like special and also like that's what he would do. It, it, it he wouldn't be prodded to do it or like it was in him. And we got obsessed with um British comedy shows like The Office, Peep Show and I think that was one of our bonds. And then me and Sipa and Steve went traveling and Sipa and Steve hadn't really met before. So Steve was like, I'm going Thailand and a few other places. You should come and meet me in Thailand. From that trip and fucking around and doing, you know, like most mates do, just yeah, doing stupid voices, having a laugh or whatever. I think collectively we were like, maybe there's something in this. And Steve being... Uh, quite on it and his friend and my friend Ben worked at a production company and Asim had a camera and then it kind of Steve I guess and Sipa organized to film it when he got back something you didn't really know what it was to be honest like YouTube at that time wasn't like YouTube now it was kind of like a place where you could find bootleg films or music videos or you know like cat videos or whatever really it was just kind of for us to watch and sort of laugh with each other really there, there wasn't an intention for it to be a tv show or, or what what it's turned into now i guess we always found garage like it's it's proper british and mm. like is in tune i guess with british culture and also just the mc voice is funny yes so, so good mate humza mana mana mc it's just yeah, yeah it's classic and, and yeah, it's weird, but it's amazing and it works. And I don't know, there's, there was always a fascination with it. Like, and it didn't really go anywhere. And I guess Blazing Unit, at that time, Garage 
and with people just do nothing. Garage wasn't what it has, what it is now. Like, you know, like if you went to a festival, then you, you wouldn't ever hear Garage. You would hear like, you know, the, the sort of big artists and reggae and like techno mm, and shit. Mm. But like now, Garage is always present and it, it wasn't that. And I guess we we're fortunate enough like the joke was that no one's doing garage anymore and these guys are. Yeah, and I think that's so obvious in your work as well. And it's so funny what you were saying about the garage voice, because you go to any other country or any other culture outside the UK, even not even outside the UK, you go to Ireland or Scotland or Wales and you do the, the garage voice and all that people just like, what? Why is he speaking? Do you know what I mean? That? It's yeah, like why is he hold oh, the bar the him? Why? It's a mad voice, man. I it's guess sick, it stems like, it from like dancehall and stuff, like, mm. and it's kind of like the British version of it. And like rappers back then were kind of using American accents, and I I, I feel like it was kind of our own weird accent that we took, and it works. Like you know, not every MC has that insane like weird Jamaican Dutch you know, like accent, but some did. And yeah, it kind of worked in a weird way. And it's funny. Putting something on YouTube, which back then was a platform where you'd go to watch silly cat videos. So yeah. Bosh, like, you know, years later, you're like, you're corrupt FM and you've you've won ba you've won a BAFTA and you've got a movie yeah, coming out. Mad. And it's like, mate. Yeah, gradual, man. Like, I, mm. I guess when you're not in it, like, but you don't observe the length of time. Like, we did a pilot and then a year and a half later, we got given a four episode series. And then a year oh. and a bit later, we got, they're like, okay, you can do six episodes. And then when, once they were like, okay, yeah, this is tapping into a certain demographic. Yeah, basically people were liking it, let's do more. And then and then the pace kind of picks up, but we had to do loads of legwork ourselves. Fortunately, we had people like Mr. Jam who supported us. That kind of got us into raves, did a set on Mr. Jam show. And then we started to get bookings. That was a whole new world of like, like we, we were with these people that, you know, we'd looked up to and admired for a long time and, you know, shaped our sort of young school years. Like, you know, we're sharing stages with them and it's mad. Like, it was just a surreal experience and still is, to be honest. Uh, it is, yeah. I guess you, no matter how much time passes or what else you go on to, you don't ever really forget that because it's a landmark, man. It's it's absolutely insane. Um, I was just watching the... Mr. Jam video actually, like, I don't know, the small and I was like, wow, it is. Oh, the Craig David one. Yeah, oh, bro. Just, yeah, that, yeah, that changed a lot of, that That changed things a lot, man. Like, mm. that was a fucking mad moment. Like, it, it was a genuine, our reactions are genuine because, like, I'd never heard um, that Diplo track that Craig David sang over. I'd never heard it. So that beat is fire and, you know, Craig David is a fucking legend, man. And he he kind of deserves to be part of that resurgence of garage music. And without him being part of it, that's weird because he's the guy that propelled it to, you know, to the world. Rewind's a banger. I feel like certain genres of music have their, their setting, you know, like you might go, you can't chill and listen to grime. Well, you can, but you know what I mean? It's not common. You can, I could energy. relax. 
yeah, man, you could relax and have a little chilled one to a bit of garage, or you can go and skank it up. You could do a lot with garage, and uh, yeah, 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 it's it's powerful, man. It's such a powerful, powerful genre, and that's why, from a consumer perspective, I think Corrupt FM is it's just such an organic thing, mate. It's it's really, really, really clever. Oh, thank you. In terms of like you know, like budget and and that kind of stuff, because you've gone from filming with amongst your mates, and then suddenly yeah. you've got like camera crew and you've got a production team and was it too much like was it too surreal when you it took your you know yeah your thing from it well i'm speaking for myself really i feel like protected around them because like it has to go through our you know four or five of us to for anything to happen for us to go with a production company and to turn it into a tv show it had to be the right vibe and the people that we met um, his name's John Petrie and Ashatala. They they were kind of just like, just keep doing your thing. Things need to change for it to become like, I guess, a comedy sitcom. But w we don't want to change like you guys or the process or get other people involved. But it was scary, man. Like fucking turning up on set, like a grown man putting his whole hand up my shirt, like micing me up. Going on to set, there's like six, 50 people there all watching you. I'm not an actor. I'm not trained. I, I didn't know what anyone does. Yeah. So, yeah, it was fucking daunting. And the first series, I was the first one up. It was tough, man. And looking back on it, like, yeah, I was scared, man, the whole time. Only like on the last day of the first series did I actually feel like kind of relaxed about it all. As the show continues i feel like we all got better we learn on the job which is mad because <laughs> people yeah, train for years to you know be on tv and they're fucking super talented and then we're these guys off of youtube so yeah, yeah. a lot of faith well, in bbc i think what's sick about that is you're yeah you're these guys from youtube but you're like you're telling a story and you're you're kind of illustrating your perspectives and putting it into motion pictures and it's like almost that kind of experience is it would have been I i'm not gonna say i won't say overlooked but you know what i mean it wouldn't really be as as big as it was about you guys because that for me i'm i'm like slightly younger i'm 24 so that whole pirate radio and that kind of stuff that was a little bit before my time so yeah growing up as someone's like oh yeah you've seen people just do nothing yeah you've seen the garms you've seen beats girl that is sick, but then you start watching and you're like, wow, like people used to go on pirate radio. It's yeah, nuts. yeah, those guys are still fucking thinking <laughs> that's a thing. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it's true, man. Like pirate radio is old. Like it's it's not part of your generation or any generation. Like I think mine is the last, I'm 35, so I'm old now. But I think that my generation, it was kind of phasing out towards the end. That's probably why I got on pirate radio because no one was really on doing it anymore. It was really important at its time because that was how you found out about new music. Now you've got Spotify, Instagram, and all these things. Like you, The only way that you would discover tunes then is in a rave or on pirate radio. What, what started excelling more? Like obviously people just do nothing gravitated, but then at what point did you want to start pursuing the corrupt FM more and like be you know, artists? Or was it always like, nah, we're actors, but we're also musicians and it's like one big bubble of madness? 
it's weird really i guess there's two worlds like there's the tv corrupt fm world where they never get a win they never get to play good shows they yeah you know everything goes to shit all the time and that's the way it should be i don't think they should ever win and if they do they definitely need to fuck it up because grinders an egomaniac beats puts all of his faith all his chips are on grinder and he 100 percent believes it and i don't know if he's delusional or if he's loyal um bit of both but, i'd say a bit of both man he's but i guess we started doing shows and it was a bit of an experiment really like and then we did a show at boomtown festival what a festival what year oh fucking hell man i don't even know probably about seven eight years ago yeah so what would that have been like mask on 16 like, something like that 2014 no, 15, 14. maybe wow mate yeah and we yeah we did a show like we'd done a few and it was cool like me and sepa kind of running out of bars and like tunes because we play vinyl fucking <laughs> insane but then we did we did boomtown and it was fucking sick. Like, had tunnel vision, could only see the crowd, Sepa, Steve, at, like just the squad and the crowd. That's all I could see. And we shut it down, man. Like, you know, I, I would rarely say that, but we, we really shut it down. And then afterwards, I feel like we were like, you know what, we can really do this. Like, this is something that we can do. And then I think from doing that a couple few times people started to acknowledge that and we started to get bookings and and then it was like every weekend bookings and then that just became a part of our life really and i guess we kind of separated the worlds a little bit like yeah in an interview we would never talk about you know shutting down a festival or it's it's all we've always been losers and we they should always be that but yeah it's fucking sick doing shows though but outside the people just do nothing narrative, when you're yeah. being interviewed as Corrupt FM as, as like artists, are you then saying, yes, we smashed it? Or are you still keeping yourself like, no, nah, show mentality, because that's our character. Do you know what I mean? We don't want to... I guess it's for what it's for. Like, if it's for the TV show, then, yeah, like, mm. it's quite mad, man. In reality, I think if they did play big stages, it would be overwhelming and they fucking shit themselves because they've talked it up for so long but um yeah i guess it's all to do with what we're trying to achieve at that time what what the purpose behind that interview is or whatever and then we can kind of talk about it but yeah it is confusing some people don't even realize it's a tv show they're just like who are these 30 year old men screaming garage bars on the stage doing? just like, like shouting dressed head to time machine i just yeah yeah like what the fuck is this people just think corrupt fm is just like a live garage thing they don't even some people don't even know about the show tv show well but, i've been asked yeah i because i did like a series of questions like yes everyone i've got hugo coming on like shout me some questions like what do you want to know and um i had someone go what's the best radio show he's ever hosted like because of the fm they just assume that corrupt fm's a radio and then i'm like yeah oh guys come yeah, on it's confusing no. i guess yeah, it's confusing but, 
It's K, baby. Like, even with music, no one really cares who made the beat. It's just a tune. It's a banger. Like, mm, mm. that is so no true. One cares. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the artist track. It's fucking, you know, whoever, whoever it is, it's ASAP Ferg. It's an ASAP Ferg. No one cares that someone made the beat. Like, and that's the same with what we do. Like, you know, you go to a festival and we're doing a set and you have a good time and they're like, oh, I enjoyed that. Who's on next? You know, ho hopefully they have a good time. That's the main thing. That's what we kind of want. You know, similar vibe to um, someone like Major Laser, but Garage. Mm, mm, like, mm. it's just a good vibe. You just have fun. It's not serious. It's not that deep. It's just tunes. Thirty-year-old men MCing and like bottles of champagne getting sprayed. Seeper <laughs> is a fucking amazing. To be honest, he's an amazing writer and yeah. and rapper. And yeah. he's as good, this is just my opinion, but he's as good as any of the legendary Garage MCs. Like, he can hold court hard. He will shut it down and he will body the tune. Like, and that's what's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like, because he, he, can, he can stand up there with those guys and fucking kill it. And, and you know, we, we've done stuff with, like, legends and he's held it up. Every, they they're impressed by it, and he, he that's that's definitely a big a big uh, weapon in our armory. Steve's a fucking amazing DJ. Like he's sick. Like, again, he can hold it up alongside some of the you know some of the best garage DJs. Like he's up there. And do you think that because it you have you are people just do nothing. You are corrupt FM on people just do nothing. Do you think it's like sick MCs and sick DJs? Do you think that's sometimes overlooked? Yeah, maybe. Maybe some people just see it as a joke. But I think that if you pay attention, it sounds a bit arrogant, but if you pay no. attention, you can tell that we care. Like, you know, the details, like you're not going to see us on BBC Three with a snapback to the side in dungarees and Air Force Ones. Like, even though they might try in the beginning for us to, like, costume might provide that, that's not going to happen. Like, we're meticulous about every single tiny detail. And if it's wrong, then it, then it has to change. And I think people, especially people in the garage world, like legends, like, you know, that they're aware of that and they can tell that we care about the culture. We're not mocking MCing or DJing or pirate radio or people that live, you know, on council estates. Like we're not mocking that. The, the joke is on these idiots who still cling on to, I guess, the comfort of friendship and what bonds them together is pirate radio. What do you think the maddest gums that you own are? or have owned? Because I've seen you in shoots, you know, heads of time machine, I the shades, everything is just booting off. But um, what you got for me? I've, I've got quite a few Pat and Mosh outfits, iceberg <laughs> pieces, um, Avisu stuff. Nothing that's like, I guess some of it's rare. But I'm fortunate because we have the show, people were like, yo, do you want to buy this? Or I've got this, I want to get rid of it. And sometimes it's amazing stuff. And sometimes we, we meet like, we meet like Moschino collectors and we'll do a show and they'll loan us stuff like, which is mad. 
Um, yeah, so sick. Yeah, so yeah, you know, like Wavy Garms have hooked us up. Duke's Cupboard have hooked us up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so like, you know, if those guys ever get anything in, especially not necessarily now, but a few years ago, they, they would hit us up and, um, you know, sort us out. Yeah, because we're purchasing them ourselves. It's not like a TV production company giving us money. Oh, see, I thought we've like, got funding. I wish, man. No, it's, it's all like, it's all out of our own pocket. Sometimes I might prioritize something for myself that I'm going to mm. wear every day than a sort of 600 pound Moschino two piece with the matching hat. But um, it, it would be wrong not to get the hat as well. If you've already got oh, yeah. top and bottom, I mean, get the, cap. the pudding, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, man. I really, I really, really glad you rated it. Cause I was like, I yeah. haven't worn this yet. I haven't worn it yet either. And I was like, no. I'm not really going out a lot. Well, I'm not going out at all. Like I'm actually, this is it for me. Talking. To Where people. did you get it from? Palace or is it a? Um, is it a plug? How did we it get was, this? This was from Palace. This was nice. from Palace. Do you like Palm Angels, Balenciaga, that kind nah, of? Man, well, it's not. Do you know what it is? Yeah, it's not my steez. Like that's not for me. Same. However. My sister and and I've got friends who are into it and and they they rep it and that's their thing. I just can't do it, man. The skinny jeans, yeah, my the bulky trousers, like I'm not, I can't do it, mate. I'm a baggy, I'm a baggy jean Air Max Palace boy. Like I'm not. Yeah, my my girl wears Balenciaga trainers and stuff. I'm, I'm it's not for me, but she likes it. So is, is that, she into that world as well? Kind of a little bit, not 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 excessively, but like she like the trainers or like the jumpers and stuff, but like, I'm like, I'm, it's not me. I'm not into that. Nah, man. It, but, but then again, I've seen a couple of Palm Angels tracksuits because they did a thing with ice cream. And back in the day, yeah. like, mate, when I was like, I don't know, 13, 14, 15, maybe a bit older, ice cream was like, it was sick. And I hadn't seen it for so long. Like I haven't yeah. seen people wearing ice cream for years. And then- Yeah, it's mad. I had ice creams. My mum fucking threw them out. No. Yeah, bitch. It, it was oh. the pager ones. Fuck Box, sake. everything. Oh, you guys' mum did a madness. Oh, no. I know. I got them in Bush Market, but they were real. This Palm Angels ice cream thing, I, I'm not into it because of the Palm Angels, but the whole ice cream collab, it makes it worthwhile. When, when something like ice cream or Bape or those things, when we went to Japan to film, me and Sipa went mental in Bape. <laughs> I won't. Yeah, I yeah. don't even wear half of it. It's insane. Too much camo. But at the time, we had to. Or I felt I had to. But when you're in Japan, I think it would be as someone who is mad on the garms. It would be rude not to even, you know. When in Rome, Hugo. You know yeah, what I mean? but you see. know what? I think I think Japanese people don't even fuck with bait. No. <laughs> I think I think we're they told, think we've been told a lie. We've literally yeah. been told a lie. Like wow. I I think that they just see it as like whatever, and I think loads of Chinese resellers go and buy it up and then take it to oh. China and sell it. So they're kind of looking at you like, what is this? Anything, but you Wanker. think you're yeah. uh, fitting into the fitting into the culture. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, I'm a culture vulture actually, very cultured around the bait. So if if like I don't know, Palace and Balenciaga did a thing. 
would you then? I mean, it's unlikely, of course, it's two different things, but like Sky's Palace the limit. Burberry would be hard. Um, oh, yeah, no, that would be sick. That would be that yeah. would be very sick. Um, I feel like Palace, like for me, um, I don't know if this is if this is 100% true, but in my head it is that what a few of them are from West London. Um, and it's very like I feel they're similar age to me, and their influences and references kind of bring me back to where I grew up and mm. stuff like that. So like even with the Moschino collab and the Ralph collab. I remember when yeah. that dropped, man, the little, it was the little, the little pony on the cap was, oh. Yeah, it's um, amazing. And like, yeah, I, I, I fucked with that hard because I just feel like it kind of represents, I know it doesn't, but for me, it represents West London and kind of graffiti, skateboard, pirate radio culture graffiti yeah all that shit so i i, I love that but as a balenciaga sort of or a gucci knitted jumper that's mm -hmm. not my vibe i know man and then i've seen like north face did the uh the gucci oh, yeah, the, puffer yeah that's that's quite hard do you know what i think it's cool but i'm I'm not massively big on like huge branding. Says the guy literally with a Supreme bucket and a pat bag <laughs> and a palace and machine are written all over his clobber. But the, the fact that it's so big and it takes it up so much is like, I don't know, man. I think it kind of kills it. I think. Yeah. For I me, do, it's like believe. that. that is the top New York Harlem crack dealer jacket. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's what I like about it. Yeah, man, it's definitely... finally those brands. I mean, I don't know why I'm fucking saying this, but finally those brands have acknowledged that, you know, that street culture is fucking invaluable to them. And it's what made them, you know, give them that longevity. Oh, if me goes didn't wear Balenciaga runners, for example, would they be as big? No. I'm obviously, yeah, I'm, I'm about 5'9", so... I like the idea of wearing shoes to elevate my height, but oh yeah, same. I need that. I know it would be great. Five does that. Yes, it does. It really does. And uh, I think not not as much. It's more like subtly. This the Air Force One. It subtly gives you a little. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, in a global pandemic, garms are the cure. Yeah. Spend your money because you wear them in the house. Exactly, man. Look good on the ground because that's that is. It's something to do. I don't know, yeah. But then that also leads to this whole like influencer issue that's going on. And uh, I mean, personally, I'd love to be in Dubai, mate. I'd love to be in Dubai riding camels so I can shoot <laughs> you eating a lot of Greek food. But yeah, so would I. I'm envious. So how do you feel about it all? Like all these influencers going out? Are you like, you know, like shame on you and, you know, it's terrible and blah, blah, blah. Or are you like, if you're there, it doesn't you know, really I'm, affect me. Like, I'm, I, I'm not hanging around with anyone. I'm not really, I'm not leaving my house. So, you know, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. you, everyone can make their own choices. Um, and if you want to go Dubai, fucking go Dubai. Doesn't affect me, but I, I, I get it. I get that, you know, loads of people were sort of financially suffering and Oops. stuck in their house and you know can't really afford to go dubai i mean you can't go now they've fully locked it off but yeah i get it but you know what what they don't make me shit
Um, and also, you said about uh, traveling in Thailand, like back in the day. You, Sipa, and Steve in Thailand yeah. before yeah. Corrupt FM was Corrupt yeah. FM. At that time, it was kind of like uh, a rite of passage, I guess, with a certain age demographic to go there. I feel now the world's a bit smaller because of sort of, you know, cheaper flights, internet. Fucking hell, I sound mad old. <laughs> but yeah, no, Thailand was... How dare the... they have internet? How dare they have the internet? Yeah, they had internet, but yeah, it was just like, like I booked it for a travel agent. That's 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 how like OG it was. You Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> yeah. that's mental. Yeah. It was all done on the phone. Um, it was amazing, man. It was just like, I feel like I needed that. And at the time, it was just like unemployed. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. Was a bit lost. And I feel all of us, I mean, I can't really speak for Steve, but I feel me and Sipa at that time had a bit of a epiphany type. Like, yeah, when we get back, like, fuck it, let's, you know, let's do this and let's concentrate on our music stuff and let's just enjoy it and have fun with it and see what happens. I've been making beats since I was, you know, 14 years old. I'm entitled to have a song, like, people should love my music when really, no, they shouldn't, like, you know, and kind of just left that entitlement and just did it because I loved it. Sitting in the position that you're at right now, mm. would you have changed anything or did you think all oh, everything that happened how many l's you took how many w's the shitty parts the weird parts do you think it all was just perfect definitely i don't think it any i don't think it was perfect at all but yeah obviously in hindsight like the thing is when people just do nothing started to happen i i was fortunate enough to um have a music career, I guess, career, you can say. So Definitely I was career. kind of consumed by that. And then having people just do nothing as well was like two worlds. There's six of us doing people just do nothing. Steven Seeper and Asim are super talented. Like, I, I, I'm not going to not be involved or not, you know, have a say in things. But there's a lot of chefs in the kitchen. So mm. I think I'll concentrate on this. And when they need me, they can call upon me. But in hindsight now, I kind of wish that I was more involved in the beginning stages of People Just Nothing. Not to change anything or make the show any different in any way whatsoever, but just just to kind of um, experience that more. Like I always valued it and appreciated it, but I guess that like I feel like with time, I've shown the others that, but maybe at that time they were a bit like, oh, I don't know if he's in it. Like, but now they know that a hundred percent I've always been in it, but I feel that, you know, just sort of showing them that I am here and I am down for whatever you need a bit more in hindsight. I wish I'd done, but, but yeah, I wouldn't change anything. Therefore, I mean, end result, fast forward from then to now, you're on doing bits TV, so I mean, like, yeah, it I'm, must I'm, have I've reached the apex, and it's you know what I mean. This is levels yeah. have been reached today. It's, yeah, yeah, man. It's well done. Ten years from now, you'd be like, oh, I'll that drop shitty to my knees. show. That shitty yeah. show I went on is still a shitty show, but I was one of the ten people on there. So there we go. 
Um, you got this, man. <laughs> they were smashing you, it. Big guest next. There we go. This you're the big guest, mate. You are the biggest guest so oh, far. Danny D's the big guest, man. I'm uh, you and Danny D are the biggest guest so far. But well, so I mean, far is do you know what I mean? I mean, I've reached yeah, levels yeah. with you two, so it can only if that's my uh, if if you and Danny D are the worst it's gonna get. <laughs> we've done well. We've done very yeah, well. well I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, aim for the shoot aim for, for the, the stars, the, man. Exactly. Shoot, shoot for the. Um, shoot your load to the stars, man. Just it will shoot, fall back on you. Just yeah. shoot something. Make it rain. Yeah. In, yeah, and bring an umbrella because you don't want to get the garms wet. Hey. With your whole festival outlook, going to festivals, I know we touched on it earlier, but what was the maddest festival experience? Or let's stretch it out a little bit. What was the maddest experience you had whilst performing? Initially, you turn up to a festival and you kind of have to work out how the fuck you're going to get in who you call and then you walk through the festival like everyone else to your tent and then you're kind of just plonked on the side of a tent to now you know where we have a tour manager and a van and we drive straight to the stage and we go on and it's just a lot easier but I guess for moments uh for me one of the moments which was amazing sometimes they're not like the biggest crowds or whatever, but we were playing at Outlook probably about five years ago. Where's Cat Outlook at? Is that in um, Croatia? Croatia, yes, yeah, yeah. And we had uh, we took over a stage for the night, and when it brought Stormzy out, um, so we played sick. Fabric with Craig David, who's never done Fabric before. He brought us out at Best of All. Uh, to a crowd again I've never couldn't see the back of it's insane so yeah there's so many moments man and lockdown has made me really value and appreciate what we done and miss it like I miss festivals whereas before I kind of I I wouldn't not want to do it but it's just like wow we got a mission it to like Cornwall for a half hour set and then we'd hang around for a bit and drive all the way back. But now I can't wait for this shit to start again because I'm down for the drive to Cornwall. Yeah. And um, if you need a driver... Yeah, man. I'll tell one of my mates to do it. You, you've done things with Post Malone. You've done the Top yeah. Gear thing. You did yeah, the Dragon's yeah. Den thing. Like, it is endless, man. You've done so much. You did the Ed Sheeran thing, the comic relief. Like, bosh. Yeah, mad. Who's the sickest person that you've done that with? Like the posty one was so funny. He's he a was... really nice guy, man. He's yeah. really humble, like no egos, cool guy. Just we asked him if we could film something with him and he invited us to his house and like we was down for anything. Same with Ed Sheeran, man. Like super nice guy. Easy, got the vibe. Um, obviously, he's like the biggest pop star in the world. So he didn't have much time. But he he was committed. Craig David is a fucking nice guy. Yeah. Smells great. Um, what does he smell like? Just money. Just rich. Mm, just yeah. good, good smelling. Yeah, that aftershave money. that's like bucks, like Creed. Mm, like, mm, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, It's like yeah. 300 pound a bottle. Yeah, man. Sort of... Just lay on thick Creed. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. just oil. Just, just like comes comes out like oil, like olive oil. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Interesting. We need the movie, man. And like, I know it's me, like a whiny little fan. Like, oh yeah, Hugo, we really need the movie. I mean, 
you're a you know it's your art so you don't want to rush that process but yeah oh, i agree with man. You, man it needs to come out i i i don't know if that i think that demand exists to some extent but maybe to our core fan base the film i I think the film's really good, man, and I think it will pe- people will like it. Fans, new fans, and I definitely think that the world needs some good entertainment at the moment. And you know, hopefully, August, fingers crossed, it will drop in the cinema. That's, that is insane. Oh, so it's going cinema? Yeah, yeah. And if Ooh! you blaze a queue, if you blaze yeah. a queue before you get in for free. Okay, sweet. So I'll. If I blaze two cues, I can bring a yeah, mate as well. Bring a, and bring a girl or a mate, yeah. Sweet. Definitely. It's like Orange Wednesdays. It's like queue every yeah, day. Yeah, that's the new. Yeah, exactly. Green, green Fridays, sort of. It's a star dog, star dog Wednesdays. Yes. All right. I've got some questions from the fans. The people would love to All know. All right, so. yeah. Let's fuck. Let's do it. I, are you ready? Are you sure you're ready? I'm ready. 100%? Yeah. Okay. War ready. Yeah. Woof. Let's go for it. All right. If... Uh, 4G works, that would be great. If not, I might just make some up on my own. How do you start making, how did you start making beats? Music or the character? Music. My, a good friend of mine uh, was, a, was, you know, used to make rap beats um, and he put me on and because I was, I was super into, into, fascinated, obsessed with music production and he put me on and, gave me Fruity Loops and yeah, I guess that's how it started. Yeah. And I just tried to make Timberland, Neptunes, DJ Premier, Jay Dilla beats. And I still do sick. now. Yeah. He's the, he's the, he's the best. Um, Who is the best producer that you've ever witnessed? And yeah, the word witness has thrown me off a bit there, but yeah. Scene. Um, visions. Oh, that's hard. The best I've ever seen, um, I don't know if everyone will know who he is, but his name's A.K. Paul. He's um, an amazing producer. He's produced for like Neo, Childish Gambino, uh, Jay Paul, um, fucking loads of... He's sick. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Oh, man. Hopefully, you know, just doing similar stuff, putting out, you know, good stuff that I would like to watch. Um, Roche or Grinder? Grinder. I mean, do you know what? I think this this is. I'm. Um, yeah. I think that means it's a play on who words. Would be, this one. Who would beats choose? Probably. Yeah. At a push yeah. Grinder. Can you do a DMB set and post it? on Instagram. I'm not really I'm not really a DMB guy, man. I like jungle, old school jungle. Maybe I'll do a little jungle mix. Like for me, there's jungle, which is like Chopper, Wolf, Shy Effects, Zinc, that era. And then there's drum and bass, which is like, I don't know, a little bit more like out there, a bit weirder, a bit more like drug based. I'm more on that hard body jungle shit. What did you truly think of X Beat last week on Asim's live stream? I can't remember it. They all were different and individual in a good way. And like, you know, who am I to fucking say exactly. what anyone's track is? It's all fucking 
Everyone has their opinion. Uh, best your your favorite UK garage track of all time. Uh, Hobson's Choice. You're straight like, up, super, just just like that. Super you've got deep, it. Dark. Wow. Yeah, man. Who's ready? Who's ready? Who's ready? Who's ready? Who's ready? Who's ready? Mm. Yeah. Everyone or no yeah. one? How much for the tit? I mean, breast pump. How much? Yeah. We're like three, four k right now. Nice, decent, yeah. decent bit. That's fair. That's. I think the fans. Yeah, you you fed the fans there, man. And then one final question. Let's do it. How can I apply to be the? Is it fourth or fifth? Is it fifth? Sixth member of of Corrupt FM. The information is on the credits of the film. Right. Okay. Because I've yeah. got I, I've got sick bars. I've I've obviously got the garms. I've I'm quite yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got you got a grinder energy, definitely. Yeah, man. Feeling. And I, I want to. I think I could give you like maybe some tips as well, or like just okay. on like because if you ever wanted to breach out and do the chat show thing, I could yeah train you up a bit. Okay, that's Only, man. Yeah, nice no, calm. Yeah, um, I'll I'll talk to them and see what they say. Yeah, that's that's cool, man. Because yeah. I've, I've got quite a cool logo as well, and I think it suits suits you. But I'd have to charge. Um, yeah uh, okay I'll let them know man I'll yeah no I, I appreciate that mate appreciate that Hugo aka Beats bop 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 thank you so much for your time man huge fan yeah no time uh, any time man well hopefully I'll see you when all this has died down either on the yeah. Xbox at Groovy yeah, Garage or yes in the studio when I'm like coaching you lot on how to like do it you You're know coaching. what I mean um, Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Well, I look forward to all those experiences, man. All at once as well. Yes. Yeah. I've hit the apex of my career and uh, it's feeling good now. You've, you've solidified it for me. No, no worries, man. It's, 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 I'm do you're doing bits, so it's only right that we get you on and do bits. Yeah. I'm yeah, now going to drop just... to my knees and wipe myself down. I'll see you later on. Hugo, it's been a pleasure, man. All the best. Nice one, man. Thank you. Stay safe. Best chat show in the galaxy. Spend my peas on Before you go, could you literally yeah. do me a favour? Can yeah. you say, keep doing bits and then yeah, mic drop? So, um, yeah, whenever you're ready, okay. man. Keep doing bits. Don't stop. Spent my peas on gums and trainers, disco ravers, bad behaviours, Sunday mornings, what a nightmare. Yeah, I'm active, girl, I still care. Yeah, you